Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gabe Ramirez. My BetMGM account is going crazy right now. Ever since the NCAA tournament, I've just been fortunate enough to be pulling off a few victories. Ah. Anthony Heron. On 670 The Score. In Odyssey Station. And the dynamic duo is us, Gaben Anthony Heron, man, right here on 670 The Score. Shout out to everybody that's listening on the Odyssey app as well as the HD2 channel. We have three strong hours today, and three hours of guest filled, NFL playoff filled, Bulls hating filled time here. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you predicted a strong three hours, by the way. That's strong. exactly what we intend to deliver between now and 9 p.m. 9 p.m. Central. I'm going to be on, on Mountain Time uh, in just a couple of couple of short days because, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get up out of here. But for now, this is, this is my last official work assignment before I do my, my post-football season sojourn where the wife, you know, she tries to take me out on like a little a – little, uh, I don't know. A, a little travel, a little getaway, man. A getaway. Yeah. Call it what it is. You guys need to go. take a there break from the Bears. Uh-huh. It's one thing when you work for the Bears, and, and you know, it's cool because it's the Bears, right? But you're also working for the Bears, so there is an emotional <laughs> toll that is taken. It's kind of crazy that the three win Bears are well. The, the Cubs got a decent amount of positivity, you know, getting through the off season. They've gotten through some of the transactions, the acquisitions that have been made there. The Bears. One of, if not the franchise in the city right now with the most positivity about them coming off this three win season with the number one pick. It doesn't it doesn't really seem like it fits, like it makes all the sense in the world, but that's what it is. Yeah, Here we are. You know, yesterday and I did a special on the Odyssey app. I was talking Cubs socks, mm-hmm. off season moves, things they've done, but more more so the the temperature of the fan base and how okay. Although, despite the fact that the Sox are predicted to have more victories than the Cubs, the Sox fan base is way more pissed <laughs> and upset and angry than a no Cubs doubt. team that isn't even supposed to win as many games. In the Cubs. Look at the Cubs fans. It's just daisies. It's just rainbows. It's sugar mm-hmm. plums. It's mm-hmm. all that good stuff. And, and so, yeah, but to your point, though, it's like the, you look at the Bears then, and you're, they're in the same predicament, but even worse. Because if you were to look at next year's pr- predictions as to what the Bears – would win, how many games the Bears would win. Got it. I mean, and I'm talking about not 
Vegas trying to take advantage of our hearts and souls here in the city of Chicago. They did <laughs> that last year. Not factoring in the fact that all the Bears fans yeah. are going to assume and move the, the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're right, not doing right, right. it. Saw what you did last year, Vegas, with the six. You're dirty. Real dirty <laughs> with that one. But this year, they're going to come in higher than six, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Like the, I would, I would I'm, I'm not saying they're going to win more than six. I'm saying right, Vegas right. is going to come in and say the Bears are going to have more than six victories. They're going to capitalize on all the excitement, all the fervor, having the number one pick and having a quarterback that people love and having all this cap space. And you would imagine there's going to be some resumes, some names on some of the guys they end up bringing in. So, yeah, I, I would guess Vegas is definitely – if they went six last year, they, they might mess around and pick the Bears winning the division next year. Yo, <laughs> as, as will most fans here in the city yeah, of Chicago. Exactly. It's cool because, you know, as we're leading up to the draft, you know, you, you, we can say it's far away. Mm-hmm. But the reality is two and a half months, ten weeks. It's not a long time. It's not a ton. Yeah. Not a ton of time. You could lose a lot of weight in ten weeks, you know, or, or you probably couldn't <laughs> if you're me. But see, that's yeah, that that's the thing. I'm hoping because, like I mentioned, you know, we're gonna get up out of here. This is not a vacation that I'm that I'm feeling like physically prepared for. Just in the the vein of like being on the beach and feeling like I kind of got my beach body, got my Dwayne Johnson on. Okay, this ain't that trip. You know, I'm fresh off the football season. I don't eat well. During the football season, I get no workouts in. Mm. So I ain't exactly got the, you know, the big ant beach by. It ain't, ain't exactly happening right now. But yeah. we'll get out there. We're still going to draw ourselves to do our thing. You're yeah, a pretty but, fit guy, Ant. I'll, I'll I say mean, that. You're fit. You know, in general. Yeah, in general. In general. I'll certainly have my shirt off. You're but, not a you know, slob. For you me, know? I have expectations on what I'm supposed to be looking like when that shirt comes off. But you're not I 21 anymore, Ant. That's a good point, man. You know, I was out playing basketball today at the Sky Gym Ooh. over on Green and uh, Randolph over there. Full court or half court? Oh, full court. Full court, full really? Court. We had a good run out there. It's NBA size too. The Sky Gym. I, I love when you still act young. I respect that. <laughs> Remember, I told you sixty percent. That's the key. <laughs> we were hooping with some people today, and I was like, somebody's like, so I had uh, two people. One person hurt their knee, and oh. then Marshall Harris from CBS Two. I had him come out today uh, to hoop with us, and Marshall got hurt too. Marshall hurt his thumb. Ah. Oh. And I was like, I told him, I said, you were eighty percenting when you should have been 60%ing, and that's why your ass got a hurt thumb right now. But I got to be honest, and I, I know he's – I hope he's not – I'm sure he might, he might be listening. Who knows? But I, I text him, and I go, are you LeBroning me? Is this a real injury? Like, are you, is this just a da- jam thumb? Me? Is this a jam thumb, and you're just going to uh, – you're, like, milking now. it? Because he was like he, – he, he was going to sit out the last game, and he was like, we only have 10. I got to play, and I really appreciated him for that. Don't want to end the game. But then he kept t- you know, he kept mentioning it, you know. So I thought I was like, so I hit him up. I'm like, hey, torn ligaments, anything like that? Like you going to the doctor? He's like, nah. But I am medicated though. <laughs> I, like, I said, okay, listen, if this is a jam we, thumb, we can only imagine what medicated means. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, all yeah. Passing his sure. out here. I don't sure, know what kind of program sure. they on at CBS, but he, uh, he's he's making sure that he is he is fit to perform. Yeah. when the time comes. So I was tr- trying to do my best to stay young, but it, but it is difficult in in these kind of moments. But again, I mean, you know, you're going to a beach, you're enjoying yourself. It's well deserved. Mm-hmm. It's been mm-hmm. a long season. You you worked a ton of jobs. So I'm glad your wife <laughs> is is uh, making sure that you uh you get out. Where did you say you guys are going again? Uh going down to Mexico. Mexico. Yeah, we're going to spend a, spend a week down there, hang out, have a good time. A spot we haven't been. We actually haven't been to to Cabo before. We've been in and around a bunch of spots down in Mexico. This will be our first time going to Cabo though. You know, bring the 5-year-old with us. Be hmm. his first time down there, of course, as well. 
So we're very much looking forward to to that. And then when we get back, and we'll probably uh, we'll probably go somewhere else, like either late spring or summer or something like that. Okay. I figure by then, you know, I, I, maybe I'll I'll be a little more a little more fit and ready, like I'm yeah. hoping to be. But yeah, we, we're going to have a good time either way. Yeah. Are you the type that will try to sneak in a sports excursion? While you're on vacation, like maybe you might see who's playing in a particular city. Oh. Are you that guy? I actually haven't been, but you know we've talked about it. like one time we went to Barcelona years ago and we were trying to see if you know if, if FC Barcelona yeah, was, was that's in what town I'm while about. we were yeah. there or something like that. Yeah, we we haven't actually taken advantage of it. They weren't there while we were in or a trip we took to London a few years ago. There was no real big sports event going on while we were there. Now there's certain spots and certain sports. Like I don't really think I want to go to a soccer match in Europe, you know. I, I just why feel not? Like the, Sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the the type of abuse, the specific type of ah, abuse that certain yes, players yes, get yes, yes, yes. on the pitch. I, I don't know, you. like me in the stands with everybody you. being all you know rowdy and liquored up. Yeah, uh, you know, there's certain Americanized expectations I have for for what's supposed to happen at a sporting event that I think they they kind of on a different program over there in Europe. So I think specifically a big time soccer match, that's something. It's kind of like when I used to think about going to Australia, where I had Australia, everything in my mind was all categorized as though it was the outback, where they got the deadliest scorpion and the, the deadliest snake and the deadliest spider. Like, you know what? If there's one spot on the globe I'm never going, it's Australia. <laughs> Fair. Now, over the years, you know, in recent years, especially just as we've talked about it, done a little more research, I'm like, you know what? You go to like Sydney or or, you know, other spots where it's actually, you know, kind of mainland yeah. where it's more urban. You know, got all those scorpions and snakes and everything no, running no, no. around. So but they I'm, have I'm animals, a little more. Yeah, they have animals we we've never even heard of before. Right. You know, they have they have animals that aren't even discovered yet. Mm-hmm. Little little crazy things. No, no, no. I'm hard pass on Australia as well. Yeah, I've gotten to the point where I'm willing to go. I'm just I'm just kinda gonna pick and choose my spots when whenever we do get around to that trip. So I feel like maybe the the kind of you know soccer hooligan idea is is in okay. my head and so there's some of that and I'm like maybe I need to let some of that go but at the moment that's still kind of how I got it categorized if I go to a soccer match overseas somewhere then there's likely to be some sort of scuffle some sort of strife some sort of scrap that ends up taking place because my impression is that that's just what they do. I feel like it's rougher in the stands than it is on the pitch. On the pitch, everybody's just kind of tripping over each other and acting like, you know, they got to get an ambulance to take them out of there. In the stands, I feel like they actually like getting into like real scuffles. I'm not trying to go to Europe and fight somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you don't end up in a European jail or anything like no, that. I get it. No. He's Anthony Hare and I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. You know, I, I bring it up because we're going to, uh, my wife and I, we're going to New Orleans next week. Okay. And, right. you know, the Pelicans just happen to be playing the uh-huh. Lakers while we're out there. Oh, so you're gonna go Bull LeBron? No, 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 no. <laughs> that 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 part of the itinerary didn't get passed. Oh, uh, okay. Just so you know, I'm very right. clear. I just want to be very clear there. It was it was one of those, babe. We're gonna go this weekend. Let me check the schedule. And she's like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh man, look, Lakers versus Pelicans at, in New Orleans." She's like, "Babe, we're only there for three days." Oh, my bad. I I, I was got ahead of myself there. Right. Um, but it, it, it's cool when those things happen. If you've never done something like that. Shoot a, shoot a text in, 312-644-6767. Tell me where you went and what game you ended up catching. You know, it would have been cool if the Bulls would have been there. <clears throat> Excuse mm, me. It would have been cool if the right. Bulls would have been there. That would have been a good one. But, damn, the way they're playing right now, Ant, mm. it is just like you, you try to watch the games and you try to be optimistic about the team and the direction they're headed in, but it's so hard 
so hard yesterday, up 55-47 at the half, and you just thought to yourself, I thought to myself when I was watching the game, like, damn, Bulls are only up eight? <laughs> That's what I thought at the half. Bulls right. are only up eight right now against this terrible Charlotte Hornets team? And then the second half happens, and you just, you're beside yourself. You don't even know what to think. Yeah, you got Mellow Ball couldn't hit a thing, man. I mean, and and kept pulling. You know, he he was on one of those, like, you know, when, when you're on, shoot. When you're off, shoot till you're on. Like, that was his program he was on last night. And shoot he or shoot. couldn't hit a thing, and it didn't matter. You know, I mean, Bulls had control, get through the first half. Third quarter starts up, and at halftime, you know, it's one of those things we kind of like, all right, can I really believe in this? Is, right. is, is this really how the game is going to play out, or are the usual Bulls going to show up? Are the inconsistent Bulls going to show up? Are the boneheaded Bulls going to show up who, who forget what style of basketball suits them best? I was talking to, to Parkins about this the other day, man, where it's we – I'm going to use the collective we, the royal we, kind of pay attention to the shiny object that is Zach Levine, that is his talent and his leaping ability and his now his contract and being the quote-unquote max player – and Zach certainly deserves, you know, plenty, plenty of blame and 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 plenty of frustration with the way he goes about things at times. But it just seems to me like so much of the heat goes towards Zach that man. There's a lot of folks just skating on this yeah. thing, you know. Like we, but, we don't spend. A, yeah. Earlier today, Dan Bernstein was coming. Like I caught a little bit of the show, but he was okay. coming down on Demar. He's okay. like, he's like, okay. there has to come a point in the game where you call a timeout. And you look at Demar and say, "We're not doing this." Mm-hmm. And I and the reason why that stuck with me was because in my notes from watching the game yesterday, I put in there Demar just shot the ball four out of the last five possessions, mm-hmm. and it steals the soul of the Chicago Bulls because when they operate when they're operating at their best, they're sharing the basketball. Yeah. And so, I, I listen. I get it. You can score, and I felt like I was saying a bad word by. <laughs> You know, putting some 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 shade at Demar, like, hey, listen, but guys, let's look at Demar a little bit. And everybody's right. like, what are you talking about? Demar's the best, only thing we got going on this team. And I'm like, yeah, but it, but his style of play does not work well with this particular team. Mm-hmm. And again, it was the start of the fourth quarter. Start of the fourth quarter, you've gone three quarters playing team basketball, and then to start the fourth, four out of five possessions. Is Demar Derozan, and then what Dan Bernstein said, what I thought was real funny. He's like, then we, you take the ball, and we, for 24 seconds we watch you take a contested two. <laughs> we we watch you get to your spot so that you can take a contested two. It's like yes, like I, I thought I was in Bizarro Land, like, and I love Demar, right? Because and the reason why you can't throw shade at an ant is because he hits. Like so, that's the part, right? Like he does hit the mid range. He can he, score, man. He does hit the contested Monster two. The mid range, no doubt. But that does nothing for you. The other <laughs> possessions of the game when you're trying to get everyone else involved, mm-hmm. and I think that was my big take when I had that whole thing when the role playing. Well, who should be the one? Who should be the two? Who should be the three? Well, if Demar's the one, it affects the team differently than when Zach's the one, and I think that's the only thing I was trying to point out. And I. You never know. Like, I think back to when – and I actually I got to talk to Fred Hoiberg earlier this week on my Sirius XM show. He's a Nebraska coach, and we had a great conversation. You know, we had some fun talking about his cameo. Apparently somebody with a foot fetish tried to hit him up on hey. a cameo. And when Fred Hoiberg was the Bulls coach, and he was trying to coach Dwayne Wade, like, all right, I get it. 
you're Fred Hoiberg, you got D. Wade on the squad. There's only so much power, only so much sway Fred Hoiberg has when, when Derrick Rose is a member, uh, when, not Derrick Rose, but when Dwayne Wade is a member of the Chicago Bulls. You know, you're, you're not really bossing Dwayne Wade around. D. Wade is a Chicago guy. That was his squad. He finally came, you know, late in his career. All right, Fred Hoiberg, you don't have a lot you're going to get to say to D. Wade. Right now, you have a, a supposedly empowered Billy Donovan with this new contract, supposedly got an extension. All right, so you got DeMar DeRozan, you got Zach Levine, you got Nikola Vucevic, and a bunch of other inexperienced slash hungry slash prove it kind of guys. And Billy Donovan shouldn't be skating this deep into the time that he's been yeah. leading the Chicago Bulls. And so when you see things going awry, and frankly, even before – you see things good before we get to iso ball from from Debo. Before we get to step back three when it doesn't make sense from Zach Levine. How about just in the locker room at halftime? Mm. Remind everybody, hey, we got some great scores on this squad. We got some really talented dudes. But reminder, everybody, and, and put some big blinking lights above your head if you need to. The reason this first half has gone so well, point to the big seven footer over there who's yeah. leading us in assists and remind everybody our team is at its best when the offense is flowing through him and that and it just call it out in front of everybody if you haven't done it yet and maybe it'll be a little shot to the ego of, of DeRozan and Levine and maybe it won't maybe they'll be all for it and be willing to hear it but it needs to be made that obvious and it, Vooch isn't one of the best players in the NBA but for this current construct of the Bulls, this this Lonzo Ballless version of the Bulls, Vooch is essentially the best point guard they have. Mm. He's at least the one with the vision and the distribution skills to keep everyone else involved in a way where as the defense reacts to him, he makes the best decisions, whether it's him taking the shot or him moving it around. And when the ball stops, there can be some magical things that happen when Debo's got it. But everybody else is standing and watching while it plays out, and it affects everything else around him. Yeah, and we had some some really good backdoor cuts that that Vooch was able to find yesterday against the Charlotte Hornets. But nonetheless, Bulls lose to the Hornets. <laughs> and, and coming up next, we get to talk to somebody who said that the Bulls have hit a new low point in their season. Of course, I'm talking about Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic. He joins us after the break. What does he have to say about the Chicago Bulls and the direction he wants them to go in? We'll find out after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Terry gives it up. Dial Dosumu. And this ball game is over the charlotte hornets return home from a four-game road trip and beat the bulls here in north carolina wow 111 to 96. shout out bill wennington wow wow and then and then chuck swirsky the charlotte hornets <laughs> defeat the chicago he's like it's all the teams that are out there it was it was a tough one to watch and then the bulls didn't even put up 100 points you know, it wasn't like one of those ones where you just get, you know, outplayed by the Charlotte Hornets like last year when Miles Bridges was putting up a ton of points against you. Something like that. That wasn't the case at all. It was just a bad Bulls game overall. Uh, but we get to discuss it a little bit further. Right now joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the Chicago Bulls senior writer at The Athletic. Of course, talking about none other than our guy, Darnell Mayberry. Darnell, what up? What's up, guys? How you feeling tonight? Uh, you know, hanging in there, trying to watch this game uh, yesterday, and it was like the more it went on, the more disgusted I was, Darnell. <laughs> Join the club. I mean, did you see what I tweeted after the game? The guy, the meme of the guy just taking his glasses off. Like, come on, what is it? Right. What like, are we watching? Like, and you got like 34, 35 of these left, however many it is. Like, DeMar DeRozan wants to say after the game, how important all of these games are. I mean, he's saying that after every game, but then they come out and do what they did against Indiana and then do what they did against, <clears throat> you know, in the, in the loss last night. So, um, you know, I just don't – I don't understand this team, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it it goes beyond effort. Like, there have definitely been stretches early in the season. Like, oh, did, did they show up? Were they engaged? And – Sure. I mean, last night you got a bunch of games in a few days off the international trip. All right, if you're, you know, if you're lagging a little bit physically, I honestly, kind of get that a little bit. But mentally, I, I don't understand how this team continues to to get out of the style of basketball that seems to suit them best. Whether that's going through Vooch or just the pure idea of ball movement, they just don't balance it well. The <clears throat> the shocking part to me. Uh, was because we've seen that what you're describing. We've seen that sort of 
throughout the season at times. So the shocking part to me was what happened uh, at Indiana where the Pacers increased their full-court pressure and the Bulls couldn't handle it. I mean, this is a, you know, a veteran team we're talking about. I mean, they got guys, Alex Caruso and DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and these guys uh, not handling basic pressure, uh, you know, against a team that's supposed to be right there on their level and without their best player. So it's little things like that that you see. I mean, there's so many things that you can point to with this team. Uh, and then you get to crunch time and, and you just don't know what to expect uh, unless the ball is in DeMar DeRozan's hands. And then you think, you know, either he's going to make the shot or miss the shot. And if he misses, you're thinking, why can't someone else get a, get a turn? And when he makes it, everyone, you know, loves him. But uh, it's, it's a Jekyll and Hyde team. And that's the kind of season it's been for the Bulls. We're talking to Darnell Mayberry here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Darnell, you mentioned the Indiana game, and it's like, I, I, I go to that game as a fan, and I think to myself, bro, you guys had a team meeting after the game, and this, this is the is the output. This is the you know saying this is the game you guys put out after something like that. I, is it? Do you feel like maybe like people are not being heard, or the, the players themselves are not taking each other seriously? Because we can see how effective a Bulls team can be when they share the ball. They put up 36 points in the first quarter. You watch that game. They're moving the ball well, people hitting backdoor cuts. And then all of a sudden, as as as, as bipolar as the team is, you see that within the quarters, 36, 19, 24, 17. Like, what do you think it is about these players that they can't seem to just kind of, like, put everything aside and say, hey, man, damn, we're finally playing for each other? To a degree, it is a lack of talent. If I asked you both, what's this team's biggest need, what would you say? Three-point shooting. That would be my first thing out of my mouth. Give me a sharp shooter. Give me somebody that could take some pressure but make shots when they're wide open and not be inconsistent like a Pat Will go one for seven or Vooch two for two one day, 0 for six the next, you know? Yeah, I feel like it would be, Darnell, the uh, the top two things are unfortunately the same top two things that we were all talking about coming out of last season. Three-point shooting like Gabe references and rim protection. And neither one of those are on this roster. We all knew it after last year. And I'm glad to hear you both say three-point shooting because I, I literally just finished the thing for the athletic that we're going to have on the site next week, I think on Tuesday, about all 30 NBA teams' biggest need. And for the Bulls, I put down three-point shooting and mm. exactly what you just said. We all knew that this was the issue coming into this season, and they didn't address it. They tried, I guess, with the Danilo Gallinari attempt. He ended up signing in Boston and then you know, tearing up his knee a little bit. But uh, Goran Dragic fixes it a little. Uh, I shouldn't even say fixes it. He addresses it a little, uh, but not to the degree that they need. They were the last team in, uh, in three-point attempts last year, and they ranked last in the NBA again this season. Um, that, that's, that's an incriminating stat. I mean, when you knew that this team had a huge need in what the NBA is today, uh, and they, they don't address it. Uh, and I think that's resulted in a lot of the, the, the outcomes that we've seen already just because they just haven't been able to stand a chance uh, from three-point range. But I will say this, guys, and I'll wrap it up. My point in asking you is it's a long list. It's three-point shooting. Mm. It's perimeter defense. It's interior defense, shot blocking. Uh, it's a lot of different things uh, on any given night, and I think that's what's the biggest problem with this Bulls. It's not just one thing. It's a lot of them. And if we view the current roster – through the prism of of what are you what are you going to be able to utilize to kind of build 
towards towards a future, towards a, a brighter future. Obviously, Zach Levine will be a part of that. Patrick Williams will be a part of that. You know, who knows? If you end up eventually, well, let's assume Lonzo Ball isn't done playing basketball. Maybe he's a part of that. But I'm wondering, are there pieces within what we're seeing this season that Bulls fans can can look to and say, all right, maybe maybe when the roster is is more well-rounded than what we're seeing in these key elements of the current roster can be a part of a brighter future for the Bulls? I definitely see that and, and agree with, with that sentiment because if you look at the individuals, the Bulls have a lot of good talent on this team. And, and historically, they've had talent. And unfortunately for them, uh, the Bulls, that is, the talent that they've had has gone up to other places and, and excelled, yeah. uh, whether it's Wendell Carter Jr., Larry Markin, and those types of guys. So, uh, and, and just the recent years. So you don't want to see that same thing happen with a guy like Kobe White, with a guy like Patrick Williams, with players like Ayo DeSumo, I mean, Dalen Terry. These are young guys that you can potentially surround star players with. I think the Bulls' biggest problem is they don't have the right star players. <clears throat> and I've written that. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, and Nikola Vucevic just do not work as your core three. And so uh, if they can figure out a way to get the right stars in here, I think they got some good complementary pieces. Yeah, Darnell, uh, we're talking to Darnell Mayberry from The Athletic here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. You know, it's funny we talk about the pieces and these guys that have left, right? Because when you look at marketing, you're on a Utah team where they need someone to shoot. 25, 30 times a game, right? You're in Orlando. They move the ball around well. They got a lot of guys that are, you know, right there outside of Paulo Boncaro. But with this team, like, I don't know, man. It's the fan in me, Darnell. I just, I, there's a level of believability that exists in my heart and soul. And I think that there's an addition by subtraction thing that can happen here with this team. Not saying that it's going to all of a sudden make them some contender in, in, in the Eastern Conference, but at least make them better than they are right now. And for me, I like I, I try to look at the three because do you look at it as a get rid of everyone kind of situation or you look at it like uh, addition by subtraction, get rid of a couple of guys and maybe get something in return? Well, I think the, the latter. You, you have to look at Booch as an expiring contract and be willing to take back some money to get <clears throat> something in exchange for him and potentially a future asset such as a draft pick or a young prospect who's fallen out of favor with his current franchise uh those are the types of opportunities i think the bulls uh owe it to themselves and their fan base to look at and not just assume uh this season's going to turn around uh as currently constructed and that vucevic is going to resign here in the summer uh he could walk for nothing and i don't think you can run that risk but ideally i think what the bulls should really take a hard look at is splitting up DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine. I mean, that's the that's the, the sticking point, I think, um, for the last two seasons, those two trying to figure out how to play with each other. And we reported um, on The Athletic that, uh, that there was tension, creative tension professionally between the two, and it still hasn't been ironed out. I mean, you're, you're seeing it uh, when one's up, the other's down, and sometimes that can be a good thing, and other times it's sort of chaotic. And uh, the Bulls have to figure that out, and I think – um, we're going to continue to see this issue until they come to some sort of resolution between that pairing. Talking to Darnell Mayberry of The Athletic here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. You can find him on Twitter, at Darnell Mayberry. Billy Donovan, I, I, we see him after the game. He, he seems to 
address exactly what the problem is when he's talking to you guys after they come off the court and he comes out the locker room and you know things are going well. He can point out exactly why things are going well and what worked. When things aren't going well, when they come out of a loss, he can say exactly what it is that didn't go well during the game. What I'm unclear on, I'm wondering if you have a better sense for this, is how is he going about trying to get that message across to the lineup? Because it, it at some point, you know, whether it is the – the, the, the frustrating construct of just stars wanting to do star things, going ISO or, you know, defensive rotations being off because everybody's not that interested in playing defense. But at some point, I think, you know, we've we got to question whether or not Billy Donovan is, is actually even attempting to sort of force feed the proper message of what needs to happen to the guys themselves and not just kind of telling you all what went wrong. What, what is your sense for how much, how much sway – Billy Donovan actually tries to sort of exude within the the roster itself. I mean, you know, Billy Donovan can be criticized for a lot of different things this season, perhaps. Um, but I will give him credit for this. He's tried to reach those guys in numerous different ways. He has called them out publicly uh, in the press. He has changed the starting lineup with Caruso and Javante Green over Io and and Pat Williams, he has benched Zach Levine. I mean, these are big decisions that, that Billy Donovan has tried. He even said last night after the Hornets game that they're in desperation mode. So I'm willing, I'm ready to see what he's he's uh, willing to try now that he has publicly admitted that they're with 35 games left, they're in desperation mode. But, um, you know, I, I give him credit for throwing a lot of things, different things at the wall, and that's not even getting into to, to schematic things and and strategies, things that he's tried to use. So um, could he do more? Obviously, you know, he's not doing something right if second-half collapses keep happening. But um, he's definitely tried, and, and I give him credit for, for trying some different things. Well, Darnell, I hope there's more of a, of a build-up instead of a, a tear-down happening here with my heart specifically uh, when it comes to these Chicago Bulls. Uh, but I know we'll have more conversations as the season continues. Darnell, thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday night, all right? All right, guys, have a great weekend. Darnell Mayberry, of course, Chicago Bulls senior writer at The Athletic. Make sure you guys check out his stuff at Darnell Mayberry on Twitter. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. I like, you know me, Ant, I love talking about the Bulls. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've ever been at a point where I am right now where I just, I'd almost rather not. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm the guy that's like, can we please talk NBA basketball right. here? Right. And then, but you get into these conversations and you're like, we all can see what's happening here. I mean, when you look at a game like yesterday, we both talked about the three-point shooting, right? Pat Will, 1 for 7. Vooch, 0 for 6. Zach Levine, he is the best three-point shooter on the Chicago Bulls team, and he only shot four three-pointers. I understand your hands hurting. I understand things. But there needs to be volume there. Did we not learn anything from Moneyball and from the Golden State Warriors? It's like, hey, Steph, you shoot a really high rate, a really high percentage from threes. You know what we'd like for you to do? Shoot more of them. Because yeah. per possession, we know you're going to, like, duh. That stuff's out there. Like, why is nobody being like, Zach, what do you mean you only took four three-pointers today? That cannot be the case. Kobe White, two for five. Alex Caruso, over one. Like, Caruso got a smack down one or two, right? Io got to hit one. But the Bulls shouldn't be dependent, Ant, on having to make all these three-pointers with your whole entire roster. And remember, I mean, early in Ray Allen's career, when Ray Allen was like, f- folks forgot by the end of Ray Allen's career 
how athletic he was early in his career. Like he was attacking the rack, he was dunking on people, he was having right. acrobatic fin- finishes around the rim. And then as his career moved forward, even without necessarily losing athleticism, but he got into a situation where it was it was just clear how pure his jumper was and he'd become one of the great shooters in the game and he found himself in some situations, whether that was Boston or Miami, where just catch and shoot Ray Allen was a part of a championship puzzle. And I'm I'm not going to say like Zach Levine's jumper is as pure as Ray Allen's, but they can run some sets just to just right. to let him do that as opposed to it, it just feels like so much of what – it's one thing. All right, DeMar DeRozan, you know, king of the fourth, monster of the mid-range, and DeMar DeRozan is not a catch-and-shoot guy. So when he's getting his, make that be based off of iso ball. He'll He'll have his moments to do that. But specific to Zach, like it, you know, I, I'm, I'm, if I'm guilty of anything, I'm certainly, I've been, I feel like I've been pointing out for a couple of years now, Vooch in the post, running the offense through Vooch, especially with as much time as Lonzo Ball's missed. I've talked about that a lot. One thing I haven't talked about enough of is why Zach Levine, who isn't as consistently effective just getting his one-on-one, and especially in the situation he's been in with the knee problems he's had, going through much of last season and now into this year, right, he's he's coming out of it and he's looking healthy and more explosive and late in the game when Stacey's yelling, get mad, Zach, and he's going and dunking <laughs> two-handed at the rim. But when you have a, a guy in Zach Levine who doesn't attack the rim like he used to be, but in theory he's still got a pure jumper, why not run more sets in a pseudo, like, you know, second half of Ray Allen's career kind of sense where you just set him up to be a catch-and-shoot guy in certain situations. Let him be the one shooting the corner three on occasion as opposed to Patrick Williams. Like, to your point, Gabe, he's your best three-point shooter that you have healthy at the moment. Don't put him in a position where it's got to be one-on-one, fade-away three with the clock running down. Run some sets for him where he's just in catch-and-shoot mode. Listen, we've we've seen Kyle Korver come off 100 screens and smack three-pointers. Zach Levine could do that exact same thing. And it's just adding, what, nine extra points to his – you know, total output for the game. That's mm-hmm. all that is. R- run that five times. And Let- I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not even saying you relegate him to that full time, but just, just right. mix it in. Some, just show him a few different things. <sighs> well, we can only hope this, this – it's going to be exciting, though, because, <laughs> like, if AK's not talking to anybody and Mark Eversley, they're not talking to people, but something's going to happen, right? There are a lot of things It kind of feels like their hands are tied to me. I don't know. Maybe they can get Well, Darnell, Darnell brought sure. up the Vooch thing. Right. right, where you got an expiring contract, you don't want to let him walk for anything. He did just buy a house in Chicago, so I want I, I, like maybe he's just a real estate guru yeah. and he's thinking like that. But other than other than <laughs> that, just, just a wise investment, just a good you know, investor. Go over there in that West Loop, get me yeah, something. yeah, buy early. You know what I'm saying? We heard it's, it's bustling over there. But yeah. so you you know you think maybe he has you know, he wants to stay here for a little bit, but it's about who does he want to stay with? Like that's a good conversation I would like to be a part of the Vooch and AK conversation. Mm-hmm. Hey Vooch. We're gonna make some changes, but you know, you've been here for you know a year and a half now, almost two years actually. You know, what, what do you think, Zach, Demar, team? You know, like, and then I want to hear that answer, like that real answer, would be good. Anyway, uh, again, sad conversation now that I'm talking about the Bulls. Hopefully that that changes because I really do enjoy talking NBA. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on six seventy the score. When we come back on the other side, uh, we are going to talk about a superstar that we all love, but there's one particular NFL player that thinks the Bears are trying to get rid of him. Trust me, I'm just as heartbroken as you guys are. Who is the athlete (laughs) and what did he say? We'll discuss on the other side. It's Gabe, it's Anthony, it's 670 to score. 
Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Enjoying our Friday night with you guys, or with you specifically, driving in the car, working your shift, hanging out. Friday, if you're Friday, 645, I'm trying to think, what I'd be doing? Probably going to my boy's house to go kick it. That's where I would be. I'm trying to think what, what I would be doing if I was riding on the roads right now. I'm lying, though, Aunt. I'd be at home my kids watching some movies or doing something like that. Uh, it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here. And, you know, we were, I was talking a second ago about the notion that there is a, a current or a former NFL player that is talking about Bears are trying to trade Justin Fields. Of course, I'm talking about Warren Sapp. You have any run-ins with Warren Sapp, Aunt? Well, here he is right now talking about Justin Fields on the Boom Puck podcast saying that uh, the Bears were looking to trade or are looking to trade Justin Fields. Oh, man. What I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're finna package him up, trade him for some other pieces, and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. Wow, I did not know that. That's a good That's a good little insight no, right there. You, oh, you know, I'm, I'm in Florida, and I hear this, and you haven't? They haven't really told us anything. Trust me. There's a bunch of there's a there's, there's smoke everywhere talking about them trading Justin Fields and going out the price. Wow. All we've really been yeah. hearing is that they need to give him a lot of lot of weapons. So nobody's ever said the trade hey, deal, but I wouldn't be surprised. A lot of weapons and you only have one pick, what do you do? You trade away that one thing you have for a couple weapons, and then you get a much more capable throw of the ball. Wow. That is a good. That's that's good to hear. I, that actually makes me happy. It means that the Bears are uh, no, no, no. are trying no, no, no. things. I just want. I just I just put it out there. It, 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 it might be a big fire brewing, and you didn't see it coming. But Warren Sapp told you first. Warren Sapp with Dan Levy right there via the Boom Podcast. Okay, I want to say. I want to be very clear. Mm-hmm. I know what I sound like when I've had a couple of drinks. <laughs> I know what I sound like. I'm not. I'm not saying that Sapp yeah, had some. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that I know what I sound like mm-hmm. when I have a few drinks. And that's it. That's all I want to say, Ant. Yeah, uh, he he just put something out there. Um, yeah, that Warren Sapp ain't heard nothing. <laughs> he he is not an insider. He's never been an insider. Does he know folks around the league? No doubt. You know, he's a Hall of Famer, outstanding, one of the greatest. He he is the he's the reason that the three technique position gets paid the way it does. A couple decades after he was in his prime. All that being said, Warren Sapp ain't heard a thing about the Bears trading <laughs> Justin Fields for Bryce Young. He heard the same sort of, um, you know, sort of conjured up questions that that the rest of the people out there here and like wondering, would the Bears do that? Should the Bears do that? I I don't think anyone of substance has told Warren Sapp that the Bears are getting ready to trade Justin Fields so they can draft Bryce Young. Okay, or, okay, but and but Ant, what about his what about his statement that if you only have one weapon? On your entire, like that's all you have on your roster. Mm-hmm. Then you trade that one thing away, so that way you can be, you know, you have a more fruitful draft or more f- fruitful future that might line up better with some other things. What, what do you think about that statement? Yeah, I mean, you have the top pick in the draft. That's you, the number one pick in the draft will get you a bigger return than either Justin Fields would right now or that Bryce Young. Like, you know, part of the the conjecture out there has been as well, like maybe they should just draft Bryce Young and then trade him. Like, you've drafted the guy now that teams want and then trade him at that point. It's like when you buy a new car and as soon as you drive it off the lot, you ain't even turned the corner yet, the car is worth less at that point than before 
you actually paid for it and drove it off the lot. That that's exactly what happens. Bryce Young as a as a chip is devalued as soon as the Bears draft him. Justin Fields, even as exciting as he is right now, and all the highlights he had this past season as a trade chip is less valuable than the number one pick in the draft. Now, should that be the case? In my mind, I would much rather have Justin Fields than most number one draft picks, like most potential number one picks in history because it's the unknown. I at least have seen what Justin Fields can do, what he's handled so far at the professional level, kind of know what I'm working with, what I can try to build around and all those types of things. Bryce Young, I think he's going to be an excellent pro, like I've told you. C.J. Stroud, I think he's got really good potential as well in certain situations, but it's all potential. It's all unknown. It's all an educated guess, and there's certainly so much more information that will need to be collected on all these individuals, whether it is the all-star game circuit, the combine, personal interviews, individual workouts, pro days, everything else that go into preparing for draft weekend and accumulating all the data you can get. But, yeah, I mean, if you're just looking to acquire more personnel, acquire more talent, they already have the number one pick. So, I mean, you know, it's not like they just got a guy who maybe is their QB of the future, and then you got to figure out, like, how do we, how do we, you know, what's our best trade chip? They have the best trade chip that anyone has available to them anywhere in football right now because they've got the number one pick in the draft. And uh, there are it's a coveted pick by not only uh, you know one team. There's multiple teams that are interested in it. And today it came out that Todd McShay on the first draft podcast mentioned that he says, I don't think Houston will sit at two. I think they'll do everything they can, and the Colts are going to be the driving reason. I mean – Hell, that's what we've been wanting, right? Like, right. I, I did not think that the Texans would be in just because there's multiple quarterbacks that can be drafted. So to them, it's like, why give up stuff when I could just sit back and let you know the number two come to me, or just you know take whoever's left over at that point? But it, I mean, I could see where a team like Houston, they they just want to get it right this time around. They don't, they don't, they don't want to sit <laughs> they back. They should at least want to get it right. We'll see. Then that's what you would think, right? Mm-hmm. But right. It, it, isn't it cool to hear things like, cause you, you're, you're not used to seeing teams show their hand the way that, that they have in this particular draft, right? Yeah. You have a, a team that has the first pick in the bears that everyone understands they're going to trade it. Then you have a team in the Colts where they're, they're, they're Chris Ballard comes out and says, we'd move heaven and earth if we liked the guy and wanted to move <laughs> up to one. And then, then Houston comes out and is like, or McShay says that the people at Houston are like, they'll do everything they can to trade. It's like, this is it's like you're at a poker table and everybody's just going all in. You're like, I don't know. What do we got? <laughs> Flip them over. I don't know. I'm happy. I, I'm winning no matter and what. The but river. <laughs> and yeah, the right. river. Exactly. We're just waiting for it. <laughs> oh, my God. But, but uh, I mean, what, what do you think just about hearing like the Texans, you know, saying that they will do everything they can to move up? The Bears are in such a spectacular position. And while it's a, it's a great spot, for Ryan Poles to be in, but then it is, it's also a pressure-packed spot, too. Like you, you would think in theory, like I kind of hope that Ryan Poles is, is going to be able to enjoy what this is because he's in a position that no general manager in the history of the sport has ever been in. Like it, you know, if, if we put ourselves in a position where we feel like Ryan Poles, even if he's not like 100% all in on Justin Fields, but just in, in my, my sense is that it, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense to get a different quarterback in here yet until you build up the roster anyway. So just just for the for the sake of argument, if we presume that Ryan Poles 
is not planning on moving on from Justin Fields, at least this cycle, because the opportunity is there. Without trading Justin Fields, you have the number one pick. You can accumulate more capital that way. So he's got no need to draft a QB, and he's got the number one pick in the draft, and he's got the most cap space in the sport. No one's ever, no general manager in the sport has ever been in that position before. I wonder, like privately, when he's just like hanging out with his, with his young wife, when he's talking to Ian Cunningham and his closest friends, is he, is he enjoying this yet? Will he be enjoying this throughout? Or is mm. it going to be like, man, I, get, I can't mess this up. I got to burn the midnight oil. I got to stress out over every detail of every interview. I got to figure out, like, you know, who, who's lying to me about what they're willing to give or what they're going to do. And if I think they're lying to me, do they know I think they're lying to me? And do they know that I know that they know that they're lying? Like, is this going to be what a, a game. stressful time yeah, what for a Ryan Poles? Or is it going to be something he enjoys? Yeah, because you would think it'd fall on his lap, but then he might be thinking to himself, can I squeeze more out of this situation? Am I getting mm-hmm. enough? Things that might drive you crazy if you. How low am I willing individual. to fall in yeah. the top ten? What, what position should I really prioritize when I do it? Once I do trade down, like there, there's a lot of factors and variables there. Yeah, I wonder if it's something he's going to be able to enjoy. Thank God I don't have to make those decisions. I only have to critique them. <laughs> it's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. Uh, when we come back on the other side, we know that it is, it is an NFL playoff weekend, and we get to talk to Lindsey Rhodes of the NFL Roadshow podcast here on Six Seventy Score. What's her takes? Who did she think? is going to be the winners at the end of the weekend. We'll find out on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.